0: All right, well, welcome everyone to Roseville Bible College's Chapel follow-up podcast. If you haven't already listened to the original Chapel podcast um, with Lonnie Miller, um, I'd recommend you go listen to that. Um, but if not, you can also tag uh, Listen here and we're going to just kind of do a follow-up from his Chapel talk with us. Um, So my name is Erica, and I'm a staff here at Rosedale Bible College. Um, I'm joined here
1: with Esther Martin. You want to go ahead and introduce yourself, Esther? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, Like she said, my name is Esther Martin, and I am a first-year student here at Rosedale Bible College. I'm from northeast Pennsylvania, a little town of Canton. And, yeah, I'm really loving it here so far. It's been a really good experience for me.
0: Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Um, And then Lonnie Miller over here is... The speaker, the guy of the hour, so if you go ahead and tell us kind of a little bit about yourself.
2: Yeah, my name is Lonnie Miller, and uh, I had the opportunity to, to speak here at Rosedale to the student body this morning, and uh, love to see all the youth and their enthusiasm, and uh, it was a privilege. I am uh, a pastor at United Bethel Mennonite Church. I've also uh, been a farmer for many years, and I uh, enjoy my work very much, and had the opportunity to share about my vocation this morning.
1: Yeah, so um, like he said, he shared with us this morning, and when he began speaking, uh, Lonnie said a quote that had to do with intelligence, and I instantly, I was like, I have to write this down, but I definitely misquoted it, so I'm going to have him <laughs> say it for us again, and um, It was just really impactful, and it reminded me of something our previous Pathways speaker had said about never stopping, um, yeah, never stop learning, um, which Lonnie also mentioned. Um, So yeah, if you just want to say that quote again for us, and then elaborate on it a little bit.
2: Yeah, the quote was, uh, intelligence is like a river, the deeper it runs, the less noise that it makes. And uh, I guess uh, my... My reason for quoting that was just my desire that I wouldn't just be making noise but <laughs> that there would actually be some some uh, substance mm-hmm. yeah that's good
1: yeah how
0: so for someone kind of pursuing getting going with a career do you have any advice for what it looks like to kind of get to that level of shallow intelligence to deep intelligence of not making noise is do you have any Pointers for anything to kind of get there or <laughs> is it just a with maturity and age thing?
2: <laughs> well there one of the keys obviously to um, to have that increasing depth is to never stop learning. Mm. But as a young person, sometimes it's it's difficult to kind of recognize what what God might be calling you to. But uh, my advice would be to be faithful where you're at. It's as we're faithful in small things where we're given more responsibility. And uh, so, uh, yeah, just be faithful where God has called you and be content where you are. That does not mean complacency, Mm -hmm. but contentment and being thankful for where you're at at this point and trust God to lead you.
0: Mm Yeah, that's really good. so, kind of backtrack a little bit just to kind of get more where you were coming from as a farmer. So, you correct my saying you was a family affair with the farming. Um, what what kind of like made you realize, like, what the things you saw in your interests or your personality or giftings that kind of said, hey, I, this is the path I actually want to pursue?
2: Well, as a young person, having grown up on a farm, I know I, I knew that I, I liked farming. And I enjoyed the work itself, uh, but I was not sure that that's what God was calling me to. It was as an opportunity arose, and I was encouraged to take that opportunity to, to rent some ground uh, out of the community, separate from family, mm-hmm. uh, which was kind of a stretch and scary, but uh, it, was, it was obviously um, God's leading as I look at. Back over my life and it was a very very good experience so for me it was it was not a matter of of pursuit so much as it was of providence mm-hmm. I guess I would say
0: yeah kind of taking the next step into an open door and in, in that concept of that's correct mm-hmm, letting God yeah open the doors for you that's really cool mm-hmm. um yeah so let's see tell me you're also gotten to some organic farming is that that correct just recently
2: that is correct Um, we had the first uh, certified organic field in 1999 Mm -hmm. so that's not real recent okay (laughs) Uh, yeah (laughs) yeah so it was uh it was a new endeavor and it was uh kind of foreign to our community I guess but it was something that I had a great interest in I had visited a number of farms and researched it and was I liked the idea of getting away from uh, the use of you know chemicals and things like that, and just to learn more about uh, you know the the biology of the soil and the health? I, I just it was just an interest of mine, and mm-hmm. it's it's been a good a good thing for us.
0: What crops are you doing mostly organic?
2: We raise corn, soybeans, and wheat. It's a three-year rotation. But when we uh, raise wheat, we also uh, either raise a cover crop of some kind following the wheat. Uh, Normally, it's clover interseeded, which is a legume, which provides fertility for the coming years. Uh, So those are the three saleable commodities is corn, soybeans, and wheat.
0: Okay. Were there a lot of... So did your strategies switch a lot when you kind of made that? I mean, obviously, there's different fertilizations and stuff that yeah
2: yes it's it's more uh labor intensive obviously and it's also uh, probably takes a little more um uh, management skills i would say or at least uh, a greater awareness of the need to be timely and of watching the weather and uh, so yeah there there's there are differences there's lots of similarities but I I love the work. We do a lot of cultivation, mm-hmm. and more so than conventional farming.
0: And the market's been growing for organic products. Is that accurate or inaccurate? Or
2: that is correct. That's correct. Okay. The the uh, domestic production uh, does not come anywhere close to what the demand is. There's actually a good bit of imported organic grains.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Cool. I so I worked for a grocery store and so I did some of the produce buying. Um so we didn't actually bring in an organic line just because of we were trying to and it feels like a constant question of like what clientele like what's your clientele of buying organic or regular or conventional, I guess. So is it yeah, it's interesting to hear just kind of the differences there. But I would be curious if the future isn't moving more and more. It seems like it is a more common thing with the fruits and vegetables go organic line. But yeah, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, so my brother and my one cousin, actually, they dabble slash, um, it's kind of like their side thing they do is organic corn farming, and so I guess, I mean, they haven't been doing it that long, I think the past few years, but um, yeah, my brother's pretty young, he's 23 and married, and so I guess, what is some advice, because I'm going to make him listen to this, Um, (laughs) what is some advice you would give to somebody, like, really starting out in organic farming, especially in this day and age, yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, I think one of one of the uh, the really important things is to uh, to like what you're doing mm-hmm. or to take an interest <laughs> in it. And uh, one thing that that I have um, that's been very valuable in my life is attending uh, conferences, conventions and an inner uh, also, being part of a, a group that regularly meets and shares ideas, and uh, my advice would be to not be afraid to ask questions to, from people who have have experience, and and just to to enjoy the journey. Mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, that's good.
0: Yeah. So, kind of as you had mentioned earlier, kind of the idea of COVID nineteen. Oh yeah. <laughs> so there's it hasn't affect you much or has it, or what's been your experience with that?
2: It, it really has not affected our, our operation a whole lot. Uh, our, our sons still came to work every morning, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, most mornings at least. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we were, were, we're, able to continue with, uh, whatever we were doing, whether it was, uh, Equipment maintenance or farming itself, we were considered a a uh, essential business. And the things that did change were some of the meetings that we normally would have attended were no longer, and they moved to online. Um, going to town, you know, having the the social distance from the counters and wearing masks, things like that. But as far as the operation. Uh, ourselves there was not a whole lot of of difference
0: did you see demand increase at all or did in the general produce market or not really not really there really
2: wasn't wasn't a whole lot of change
0: okay yeah that's cool it's it's fascinating to hear how some people's lives were completely turned upside down and others are just yeah conveniently Mm -hmm. worked out that you're set up in a good way to Mm -hmm. to keep rolling with with work there yeah yeah, no, that's, that's really cool. It's interesting to hear. Um, so yeah, kind of shifting a little bit maybe from this vocation, you have an, another vocation kind of, we're a bi-vocational pastor, correct?
2: That is correct.
0: Yeah. So what's been some of the challenges of balancing two jobs essentially, I mean, or two pretty intensive roles there?
2: That's a great question. Uh, it- it certainly is a challenge, especially as a, as a younger man with a growing family. There, there was a, a greater challenge of balancing family
1: mm-hmm. and
2: church responsibilities and, uh, and farming. Uh, one advantage that I had as a farmer and a pastor was that uh, even during my work, I had the opportunity to interact with my family, to have my family with me to eat dinner with the family um yeah it was the challenge is not quite as great as it is with some other vocations which i felt very blessed in that and uh i i'm just grateful for um the way that things have worked out Mm -hmm. even though it it is a legitimate challenge Mm
0: -hmm. yeah no that's a really interesting point there with so the, your family you get to it's not like you're being separated and pulled from them during the day you're able to work with them. Did that have any challenges as well? So it's I mean it sounds like it was a blessing but running a it wasn't quite a family business but kind of, yeah.
2: Yes, our our family was very involved, especially after we we switched to organic production. There was a lot of uh uh manual we, we did a lot of, of walking of soybeans uh, to rogue weeds and things like that. And our, our children, obviously, are not all the same. There was a number of them that really enjoyed farm work, and there was a few others that didn't, which is fine. Mm-hmm. They uh, they still helped when they were asked, but it, it wasn't uh, something that they really enjoyed to do. But uh, to a large degree, our, our family enjoyed working together. We worked hard, but we also played hard mm-hmm. and uh, had lots of good times together
0: yeah that's that's really cool to hear it's fun to see so my family owns a family business and it's it's just it's very I grew up there so I like understand that just like it's part of life and it's what you do and it's you pitch in and help and it's yeah it's a really cool blessing I think right. for me it was at least growing up and having that impact in my life in a lot of ways so that's cool mm. what um how many of your kids are still on farming
2: there's actually uh, three. Our uh, one of our daughters and her husband had worked for us after uh, her husband John worked for us for a number of years after they were married, and they had the opportunity to rent their own farm about uh, six years ago, I believe. And currently, uh, they farm, and his his father joined them as in a as a partner in that operation. And then our two sons are involved in, in our farming operation and do a lot of the work.
0: Mm -hmm. Very cool. Uh, so kind of bouncing back to your work at the church, um, have you found there's like, what have been some of the benefits of like being both a farmer and a pastor? So I know you mentioned the flexibility of the farming schedule. Did you find that like there was benefits to your pastoral role, um, that came from being bi-vocational instead of full-time pastor?
2: Well, one thing that is, has been a blessing to me is the fact that, you know, to me farming really doesn't seem like work. I enjoy it. And sometimes it's just a, a great uh, a great thing to, a stress reliever or whatever, just to go out and, and work, uh, whether it's, you know, with the boys or by myself on the tractor. Uh, so it's it's been a a good thing in that sense that it's it's been a a, a separate focus that mm-hmm. that gave a a reprieve, as it were. And not that I I very much uh, feel blessed to to be able to serve in the role as a pastor, and it's been very fulfilling. But it's it's also been good to have a, a separate focus.
0: Mm-hmm. Is your pastoral theme, so you mentioned there's four of you at United Bethel, yes. so do you all have kind of set roles in that, or what, how did you split that up?
2: We share the uh, preaching and teaching responsibilities pretty much equally, mm-hmm. but then we uh, we do try to look at our, our different giftings and and perhaps you know operate to some degree in our strengths, um, but we all are involved kind of in, in same, same ways, I, I would say.
0: Okay. Yeah, no, it's, I, sometimes I look at the pastoral role and think, wow, there's so many different gifts that you kind of put on a pastor at times. And so it's, or requests or things that you want them to take care of. So I think it's really cool when you have a bunch of, bunch of men just kind of focusing on different things there, but, um, gifts kind of line up with and share that load a little bit. Um,
2: it's very, very encouraging to me to to have some some young brothers who mm-hmm. are pastors, <laughs> and obviously, uh, the youth, you know, re, uh, have a rapport perhaps a little more to a larger degree to some of the younger pastors. That would just be one example of you know the advantage of having kind of an age range. We also have a a youth elder. We have elders that. Uh, are in charge of of small groups and do some pastoring in that that level as well, are part of the church governance. So it it really is a a group effort, and uh, that has really made it possible to be bivocational. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So at the end, you kind of wrapped up with the kind of three R words, relationships, respect, and responsibility. I get those right? Okay, good. <laughs> um, so do you want to just kind of reiterate kind of the, how do they kind of build on each other or how do they, what role do they play kind of in our life there with those three words?
2: Well, as I, I look back over, over the long haul of my life, I just realized that, life really is about relationships and when i i think of all the people who have uh, spoken into my life who have invested in me who have uh, mentored me uh, it's just a a tremendous blessing and obviously the the most important relationship is our relationship with our heavenly father through Mm -hmm. jesus christ and then our our families uh, our spouses our our children uh you know, that, that really is where uh, our number one focus needs to be is, is in in relationships. And then taking the opportunity to, um, to speak into other people's lives. and We need each other. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's a blessing to be a part of community and to, uh, to know your neighbors and to uh, help each other and have those kinds of relationships. So uh, relationships are, are just very important. And then um, when you think of of respect, just the understanding that uh, everything that I have is is a gift from God and is not something that I have earned. Uh, Obviously, there's lots of hard work and so on, but but just to respect other people and where they're at and uh, their property and also God's creation and and just to, to recognize we're stewards. Mm-hmm. And not owners, and um, just to recognize that that because I've had opportunities that perhaps other people haven't had doesn't make me any better than them. That God has a, a a call for everyone, and just that that whole respect, you know. and then finally the responsibility of uh, of being faithful wherever God has called us, to whatever vocation. And to being faithful, uh, where we're at, and it's as we're faithful in the little things that uh, we can grow and have more responsibility. So I, I just think those three three things are are kind of foundational when we think of of uh, our vocation and our God's call in our lives.
0: And they really kind of build off each other. It seems it's like you can't really Correct. have one without the other. <laughs> um, That's right. It's kind of a full circle that that keeps going Mm -hmm. in my head. Yeah. No, that's, that's really, they're good, good words to live by. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you, the, you kind of wrapped up chapel this morning with the question of what is success and you kind of phrase it, you know, to everyone, like when you look at, I mean, I think now the world is throwing us this picture of what success looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, have you found like, is there a kind of a, a dilemma between, you know, the, what the world views as success and what God views as success? Have you ever felt that tension a little bit in your life?
2: Yes, I I, I have. And obviously, uh, what the world sees as success, uh, I mean, the Bible would, would tell us that what is highly esteemed among men, at least in some cases, is an abomination to God. And I, I think it's very important as we... Uh, that we keep our focus and are grounded in God's word and what really are the important things in life. And sometimes, you know, the difficult times or things that might seem like to be unsuccessful are things that God uses to to shape us and to build us into something that is a success even though perhaps in a financial way or whatever it is not.
0: Mm-hmm. There's more to success than just things Absolutely, property and growth. Yeah, No, that's, that's very cool to, very good point there. Um, Well, yeah, we're, I think getting to the end of our time. Is there any last kind of comments or questions from either of you? Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, our Dean of Students at the end of Lonnie's Chapel Talk said, um, he just mentioned the hymn, He Leadeth Me, and I just thought that was very fitting for um, just like how you spoke to us and how you um, yeah, pointed to God in every space of your life and just talked about God's faithfulness, and He does lead us, and I thought that was really cool, and I just wanted to um, add that in here in case somebody missed it if they listened to the sermon that, yeah, God does lead us, and He is faithful. And, um, if you listen to, um, the, the talk that he had to us this morning at chapel, um, you will see that throughout his life. And it was just really good. It was Mm -hmm. really solid.
0: Yeah. It's cool when songs and previous, so Wednesday we had Mm -hmm. another chapel and just how they all kind of tie in together for us here. Yeah. I know that's a really good point. Um, just in closing line, is there any last, so if any last advice you'd give to kind of a young person beginning on their career, trying to find their path, um, (laughs) they came to you and distraught what advice final advice
2: well I would I would just say that um, I I think a a big key is is contentment and being grateful for the things that you do have I think for a young person it's it's really difficult sometimes to um, to start at a at a lower level maybe have expectations that perhaps are unrealistic but just to uh, enjoy doing or enjoying where God has you at this point, and being faithful in that, and trusting Him to to lead you, um, take advantage of opportunities, go out of your way to um, to do good things and positive things, and and God will continue to lead.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I was very encouraged this morning and I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and speak to the student body as well. Um, yeah. And thank you, Esther, for joining me as well this morning. <laughs> it's good to have you here. And uh, yeah, thanks everyone for listening and keep checking back for um, more chapel podcasts and chapel follow-ups. Have a good one.